This is Camille Broderick, the host of Camille's Demi Hour, a 30-minute show dedicated to sharing an inside perspective of the Epicurean world here on Nantucket Island. I want to share with you the many talented people and the voices of those who represent so many of these wonderful delights on island. Always educating on wine and healthy and delicious food. And I would like to most sincerely thank my sponsor this season, the Nantucket Culinary Center. One landmark building, three innovative floors, a community-minded place to cook, dine, and gather. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Camille Broderick with Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. Last weekend, we had part one of our series, a tour and interview with sixth-generation farmer Dave Bartlett from Bartlett's Farm, along with the executive chef Neil Hudson. And so this weekend is a continuation of that, of part two of the tour and interview with sixth-generation farmer Dave Bartlett. You are listening to Camille's Demi Hour. This is Camille Broderick, and we are on the NPR station on Nantucket, 89.5. And we find ourselves walking the grounds and getting a tour of Bartlett's farm by the sixth-generation farmer here, Dave Bartlett, as well as the executive chef, Neil Hudson. Neil Hudson has been on our show a couple times, doing some awesome demos in the studio on some great recipes. And now we have been officially invited to meet Dave Bartlett and to come to the farm and to tour and to see their greenhouses and their amazing strawberry fields, plus many other things out here on their land. What do you think has been passed along from your family? Do you feel like you're growing things the way they did, or have you evolved? We've, we've evolved it uh, through the years. What's been passed down from generation to generation is like is, it's just the love for producing food. Yeah. And that's what I've always said. In, in interviews over the years, uh, the, I always put out this, you know, blessed are the food producers, mm. for they shall inherit the earth. We produce food. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's the bottom line. People ask me what I do, I produce food. Yeah. Um, not everybody can do it. It's hard work. It's a, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of reward. Um, there's a lot of risk. And what well, we always say, there's not a tremendous amount of money in it. What you decide to do and how you grow it, what variety you do, it's all consumer driven. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is consumer driven. If you didn't have a consumer and money didn't matter, what would you be growing? Oh, I've always yourself? said for years and years and years, I could make a living so my family just growing greenhouse tomatoes. Yeah. That's the only thing I would do. Yeah. My brother Dan, he let him grow 40 yeah. acres of corn. You can make a living at that. You got to have the lettuce, you got to have the broccoli, you got to have the radishes, you got to have the herbs, mm -hmm. you got to have the potatoes, you got to have the beans, you got to have the peas, you got to have the beets and carrots and the onions. <laughs> You gotta have the flowers. <laughs> it's know. more and more. And then with all of this stuff, yeah. you you gotta you know, you've got to experiment. You've yeah. got to try new and different things. Mm -hmm. um, some some work and challenge yourself. Some too. don't. It's tough when you find something you know that works, and then it's really not economically viable mm -hmm. to to keep doing it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Bartlett's farm will probably look a lot different. I think we'll always grow vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, the quantity, I'm not sure of. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not we have Generation 7 to take over, we'll worry about that. Yeah. And, you know, we're still relatively young. <laughs> My father still gets after it, you know, at yeah. the age of 80 every single day. Wow. Um, That's great. I don't know. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. Do you think you'd ever go back to dairy farming? No, no. No. You couldn't pay me to milk a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. All right, let's go eat some strawberries instead. Not gonna happen. <laughs> it's the animal you created. You only have what I say. I only have myself to blame for your running, problems. And running around with my head cut off. You know, <laughs> I is a choice. I mean, what you see in front of us here, yeah. I built all. You of did this. this, yeah. In the last twenty years. 
this is a brand new house, this is a brand new house, and the one in the end was brand new. Everything else I've purchased throughout this country. At, so, au at auction, other farms went out of business. What's this, the difference between a greenhouse and a hoop house? Nothing, it's just terminology. Greenhouse is a hoop house. Okay, just making just wanted to clar clarify that. I thought a hoop house is year round and then a greenhouse no, was just seasonal. It's, just, it's all the same. A hoop is right, so circle, you know, this, right? this yeah. house is round, that's uh -huh. a hoop house. That's a hoop house. Most of our greenhouses are peaked for the snow load, mm -hmm. but little ones like that, if it gets too much snow. I've picked that greenhouse off the floor about three times in the last 15 years when it's collapsed with the snow. Hey, what are you gonna do? I mean, there is major weather issues here. You're just used to it. The wind. Uh, you just gotta flow with it. There's different growing techniques we use uh, to combat the wind mm -hmm. in the spring. Um, we leave rye strips um, or we seed the whole farm in, in winter rye. Uh, for the erosion control in the in the fall, and then in the spring we're able to leave like a six foot strip that will grow up about six feet tall, and that'll use as a windbreak. Um, we use the black plastic mulch to warm the soil. We'll use a synthetic floating row cover. It just adds warmth. How do you keep your journals and your logs? Is it all computerized now? <laughs> No wonder you're running around with your head cut off. <laughs> I prefer, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not a technology guy. Yeah. I'll surf the internet once in a while. But technology doesn't, you know, that type of technology doesn't interest me. But logging your seasons and what's grown and that's all. No, I, it's all my head. <laughs> Should I have it on paper? Probably. I got some stuff on paper. Some of it makes a difference and some of it doesn't. Right. You can, I mean, we always put out a, you know, we put our seed schedule out every year for when we're going to try to seed stuff and transplant it. Uh -huh. But you're always going to have to to move it here and there during the growing season. So half the job is troubleshooting anyway. It's all based on, everything's based on the weather. Everything we do is based on the weather. Like we've had the rains this, this spring, which is good for us because we don't have to manually irrigate stuff, but we've had it too much all at one time, which soil gets saturated. But mostly in the spring when we're just planting, 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 you get a lot of the marginal land will run. Um, and so all your wet holes are wet and most of the fields you can't get into until they can dry out for mm -hmm. a couple days. Right which everything that we do pretty much in every vegetable, we're on a weekly schedule. We'll transplant or we'll seed once a week mm -hmm. to keep the demand going all summer. And when you lose three days out of every week, you're just compounded. Right, with more you know, stuff to do. We're always, trying to, we're always trying to pack two weeks worth of work in one week <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, doing what's on schedule and picking up what's right, happened. Right, Like I say, it makes head spin. So, so chef, you must be getting excited to start getting all the produce for Absolutely. for the food in the case and what your and all your dinners. There'll be ones here. That's where they've Yeah. And we have made our way over to the strawberry fields with Dave Bartlett and Chef Neil Hudson. And there is a delicate sweetness of the strawberries ripening in the air. So oh, I, beautiful. I that they picked these rows with the daisies. They're so different than strawberries you buy in a clamshell oh, yeah. at a grocery store. They're just completely different. Those are tart. And Dave, what, what type of varietals do you have for strawberries? You do about seven different varieties. You do the varieties based on maturity. 
the way this field runs, it runs from an early, early variety to your mid-season varieties to your mm -hmm. late varieties. It's based on harvest. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to plant. It depends. Depends on your labor force. Depends on your market. Right. If you plant 100 rows of your early variety, then you're going to have 100 rows already at one time. Exactly. So if you have 10 different varieties, they're each are going to be a week apart, and you plant those same 100 rows, then you can pick 10 rows a week. So why not just do the same one at different stages versus different varieties just to experiment again? Um, because you can't sustain the harvest. An early variety won't do well later in the season. Oh yeah. That's why it's early. I mean, exactly. The same, same way gotcha. a late variety won't, won't do well. Produce earlier. Won't produce earlier. What you do is in, like say, so year one uh -huh. is you establish, you establish a plant, it'll flower naturally. You pick the flower off because you don't want it to produce a fruit. You can pick the fruit, but you want all the energy going down to the roots and producing the crown. And then you'll pick here for, for year two. And then when these are done, then you'll mow them down in midsummer. And it was called when you rejuvenate them and then you'll kind of take a rototiller in between and shorten the rows again okay. and then you grow them up again, mulch them and then you'll pick them again for All right. three years. So every year it's successional. You've got to replant and then you're going to get rid of them. Small fruits, Are, if you're going to grow small fruits, which is what you, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, you just need to grow small fruits. Small fruits, they take a lot of work. They have a great return. The, the guys that are successful at it, that's all they do. Yeah. It, it comes down to labor. Kids these days can't pick. Our parents used to pay us 25 cents a quart. When I was eight years old, I could pick 20 in an hour. And you could do that for three or four hours. My brother and I, we had friends come, our yeah. kids we went to school with. Can't do it. So, you know. Who's gonna right? get it? 20 yeah. hours, $5 an hour. Yeah. When you're eight years old. That's great. Right? Yeah. Good money. Yeah. <laughs> kids these days can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's uh, all the, the kids that we have, they're all Ford Exchange students. Mm -hmm. They're all in school. Um, some of them have done this work before, mm -hmm. but not many of them. This and you house them and feed them and everything? We house them on, on farm. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to do this work anymore. Um, and I don't blame them in some respects. Mm. So it's it gets frustrating after a while. But you know, the older I get, that frustration the easier it is you know you you don't worry about so much of it anymore um, you know you get done what you can get done when you can do it right um, there's not enough hours in the day to do what we need to do yep. right? you need a month of Sundays yeah to do all that we do um, do you take Sundays off I take Sundays off yes. yes yes I do not work on God's day yes it's been good um, but no my day is Sunday that's a, that's a real farmer too. <laughs> you gotta you, you gotta keep your sanity. Yeah. At, at some point. And right. you need to rest. You, you need to rest your body. You gotta rest your mind more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> your, your body can keep going, but your mind breaks down yeah. faster. If you're just tuning in, we are at Bartlett's farm, getting a tour by Dave Bartlett, the sixth generation farmer here, along with Chef Neil Hudson, the executive chef. And this is Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5, the NPR station of Nantucket. It gets daunting. I mean, there's so many, you know, you, you gotta pace it. Yeah. You gotta get done what you can get done. And the yeah. weather, you can't, yeah. Yeah. you know. And you'll do everything that you can to get stuff in, like before the rains mm -hmm. and, and before, so, but, there's, but there's usually 10 things to try to do. You know, so you have to take pride in the one or two that you get yep. that that you get that you get done, and and that's what's hard. Like I say, everything that we do is on a succession. You know, 
we're trying to plant stuff once a week so that we're not out of product in the in the market chances a customer will come in they don't see it on the shelf you know it has to be on the, that's the difference where it's been uh, over the years as as we've grown up um, if you got a product on the shelf on monday it's got to be there every single day of the week because you might get a new customer that's going to come in on a Tuesday and it's not there. That customer might not come back again. Yeah. So that's the challenge. It's trying to get everything in the market all Timed the, for a certain all amount of time. All the time. And yeah. that's the hardest thing about what we do. And what we do is we're actually, a lot of people don't really understand it. I mean, we're actively growing this stuff. I mean, we just don't put it in the ground and walk away. Right. You know, like we have to grow and we have to teach our employees how to, how to do that on their own too. You know, we're growing it depending on whether we water it or not water it or cultivate it where we cultivate it. Mm -hmm. There are different techniques and trying to, you can speed vegetables up and you can kind of slow some of them down by chance. Um, but a lot of times when you get weather where it's clear and sunny and just, you know, no yeah. matter what you've done, I mean, you can go down and you can have, you know, 100 rows of corn already at one time. So at the peak of your produce in the market, are you talking like a dozen different things? All from uh, vegetables that we grow? Oh geez, I don't know. You're everything from like peppers, to, like you said, peppers, everything. onions, beets, everything. Everything. Some some don't matter as much um, if you run out. We're trying to just do a lot. We're, we, we've I've decided to kind of go on this varietal route mm -hmm. um, the last couple of years, just to have a lot of the different types of. Um, you know, we do a traditional white cauliflower, which we've already done, but we do a purple one, we do an orange one, and we do a green one. Mm -hmm. You don't see that in the in the, in the stop and shop. Yeah. So then again, you know, we're trying to create this kind of more of a you know farmers market type yeah. of yeah. type of atmosphere where you can have a purple scallion and you can have right. a purple carrot and a red carrot and you know six different kinds of eggplants and yeah. you know five different colors of, of, of peppers and. But it's a challenge in that because you always have your staples. I mean, mm -hmm. we do five different colors of beets. Whereas when I was a kid, we did one, we did one kind of carrot. You right. Know, and, but that's kind of that's it, it's the, it's the fun of it, and it's also the challenge in it is to try to get all these different types of varieties in there. Some of it sells, and some of it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, like I say, we can grow almost anything, um, but some of it you just don't have the you don't have the market for. It. And a lot of stuff that I personally like will not sell. You know, we grew a beautiful, like which I, I loved it. We had a we had a red bok choy that I was growing hydroponically, and I thought it would fly off the shelves. Uh, nobody bought it, right? But <laughs> then again, we started to grow purple radishes like two years ago, and we sell more purple radishes than we do regular radishes. So some things you, you, don't, you just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. You have no idea. That, yeah. that, you know. And that's fun. You need surprises if right. you're on a routine right. schedule all the time. Right, right. <laughs> Well, let's check out the market. If you're just tuning in, we are at Bartlett's Farm, getting a tour by Dave Bartlett, the sixth generation farmer here, along with Chef Neil Hudson, the executive chef. And this is Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5, the NPR station of Nantucket. So you have a purchaser for the market and they obviously source what they can, the best they can, and that's outside of yeah, what you're producing. That's, you know, again, that's some of the challenge in what we do and to, to have- The products that kind of match the, the philosophy. Of, of, uh, or the different vegetable, and it's the same way we like to sell our, our, you know, if we have broccoli in the market and we're out for broccoli, you know, our broccoli, our second or third crop doesn't come in on time and we're out for a couple of days, we'll bring in broccoli from outside of the farm. Can you see that when you put your product on the shelf versus... Oh yeah, we'll always sell more. Always sell more. Yeah. Always sell something fresh over something that's coming from California or... The market's absolutely developed over the years, obviously. Chef Neil, since you've taken over, become more accessible for to-go foods in the case and 
than allowing for dinners upstairs. Are you just trying to create more more options? I think more options and convenience. Yeah. You know, um, taking those beautiful tomatoes that we saw today and the field tomatoes that'll come in and putting those into marinara, packaging that, oh, yeah. so it's in a boil in a bag. Uh, and we have just entered through the back entrance into the kitchen at Bartlett's farm. There's over 30 people here. My goodness, it's a, it's a monster of an operation, it seems. Okay, we're in the army kitchen. Is this an army military kitchen back here? Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Great, hi. And now we've made our way out of the kitchen and now we're out in front of the case and we're looking at some of the drinks here and the selections out, outside of the kitchen. Little fried chicken, lobster, shrimp, beets. So this you know, is making, mint iced tea. Making it with um, organic mm. mint, organic agave, and the same with the... Oh my God, the, the balance is awesome. Yeah. yeah, so we make that in big batches, but we go through a lot of it in the summertime. That's good because it's kind of concentrated and sweet, but you know when you get it on ice, it'll be perfect at the yeah. beach. Quiches with all farm vegetables, mm -hmm. pot pies. Our hummuses we've made with our red peppers when they come in, our beets when they come in, our carrots when they come in. Um, the carrot hummus? Yeah. Oh, this is the hummus we made in yeah. our show. And then there's like a so sampler delicious. we can get all, all four. Oh, great. So we're in the to-go case. We have prepackaged Caesar salad, a mixture of four hummuses, beet, carrot, regular and this is the spicy one is that spicy yeah, the roasted pepper. red pepper and, and then, then you have all the sealed product farming gazpacho with all the tomatoes that you saw in the greenhouse oh, today awesome. uh, this we cannot make fast enough uh, salsa we make all with dave's product and again this is kind of like the convenience thing so this yeah. is, these are farm grown tomatoes that we've made marinara with awesome. so you basically just take this home drop it into a pot of boiling water oh boil it for like six minutes and then it's hot sauce ready to go for your pasta mm. Is boil in the bag, drop like so. There's no mess. It's more convenient stuff yeah. for even for dinner. So to make short ribs, it's going to take you four hours. This you drop into a pot of boiling water for eight minutes, and then there's no cleanup. You basically just dump the water out and, and then away you go. And the mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes is great. Uh, vegetables, all farm grown when those come in. Standard kind of deli salads, mm -hmm. uh, broccoli slaw that'll be with farm broccoli, coleslaw, farm cabbage, uh, scallions, and uh, all the herbs and stuff all farm grown in here once those come in. Cold pies, key lime pies, oh. all made in house. Um, then we have a great cheese section over yeah. here. Now where are you getting the cheese from? Sourcing all over? Um, we have like a one main supplier that we order through, mm -hmm. but trying to stay local, New England as much as we can. We have some great. stuff from France. You, have, you must have some French cheese in the mix. Yeah, exactly, <gasps> exactly. It's great, you have great labeling too, education. These are lettuces, all farm grown yeah. lettuces that uh, David Andrew yeah. produce. And now we're heading over to this new section, but this was the retail section prior. So this looks yeah, great. These three coolers are, are all new. So yeah. um, this is our kale, our herbs, um, bok greens. choy, greens, mixed greens, microgreens. Um, basil's fantastic. So you know that I think that's part of the reason why I love working here so much is because you really, you see how hard those guys work in the field and then to take their hard work and spin it into something that makes a profit for the family yeah. is, is great. Like I said, you know, the running joke in the kitchen is we wouldn't last a week out there, so. The farm-to-table dinners that are out in the garden center are sold out even before I made the menus, even before the summer hits, is because people know that 
for the most part, all of those vegetables are going to be picked that day, and then they're going to be processed that day within a few hours, and they go onto their plate. It's, it's a different it's, it's experience. It's really special thing. Yeah, when you get to taste food like that, it's mm -hmm. just, you won't, I, I think those are the life-changing moments for people to really start learning about what they buy. Right. Here, let's look at the wine real quick. Yeah. New selection, beautiful descriptions too. Look at these yeah. labels. Leah Mosher does, um, she's the assistant market manager. She really is running the wine department and the cheese department. This is one of the best white and rosé selections, cold. This is what you need. People are grabbing this and it, for you the know, beach. It, it's really funny too, Camilla, because you'll notice the sales of with a screw top. Yep. It's like it's actually more popular because oh, yeah. people are going to the beach. Oh, they're so these and the ones, price point's great. The yeah, price point's great. Th these ones are kind of like the higher end ones. Right. And then we have a whole section down here, Camille, yeah. that are like 15 and under. But it's it's really helped the business with, with having the wine that makes it kind of like one-stop shopping. Well, and then now we have uh, fresh catch down here yep. in the corner. I can't leave all the prepackaged stuff. That's awesome. That's really convenient. People, you know, come in, they grab stuff for the beach, they grab, you know, a lot of this stuff for dinner, they'll take home and you know, there's a lot of people that come in mm -hmm. that, that are renting houses. Yeah. They want to go to the grocery store and necessarily buy everything. But if they could buy like, you know, maybe a protein and then pick up a few things. Exactly. I have to get something for lunch. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Awesome. And now from the corner retail section that used to be, we have made our way all the way across to the other side of the market. And we are now next to the case that houses all of the to-go items and where you make your sandwiches and whatnot. And now we're at the fresh fish section where fresh catch is available. And we have Joan here, who is the owner of Fresh Catch, who's gonna tell us a bit about what she carries and what she's been learning here. We wanna talk about some of the products, the scallops. Um, the sea scallops are mm -hmm. landed locally. We have a boat that comes in once a week. Mm -hmm. um, because Nantucket doesn't really have commercial facilities, it's hard for commercial boats to land here on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. We don't have the ice, the fuel is expensive. Um, but what a lot of boats can do is um, they can take on enough fuel and ice to do two trips. So they'll stay out, come in and land, and then go back out. Mm -hmm. So that allows us to get, you know, that catch that comes in. Right. You know, that one or two days a week. So the scallops are local, the oysters are local. And we have seven oyster farms on the island now. Mm -hmm. And they're, the product is beautiful. And which ones are these? These are, um, the grower is Simon Edwards, mm -hmm. and he sells under the name of either Bass Point or Fifth Point. Bass Point or Fifth Point. Yep. The codfish is landed on the Cape, and again, it's that situation where the boats don't land here, but they can land on the Cape, mm -hmm. and then we either fly it over or we truck it over. Okay. So it depends on the situation. It's nice um, cod. Tuna right now is being purchased off-island, but in about probably about two weeks, the tuna fleet here will start fishing again. Great. So at that point, you know, we have our own harpoon boat as well. Mm -hmm. So at that point, most of the tuna that we get in is local. Right, so. so we're thrilled about that. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, and we and cross I, our fingers for a swordfish every now and then, but yeah. it's rare. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, a great thing too about having Jeff and Joe and a fresh catch here too, is to be able to say, okay, next week have a farm to table dinner. What do you have that's local? What's coming yeah. in and kind of keeping it all, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the island as opposed to ordering it off island right. and, and getting it shipped here. So it's great. It's, it's, it's a great relationship. To and have. you know, we're able to introduce species that people normally don't eat. Like early in the season, we'll bring in mackerel. We'll bring in squid. Mm -hmm. You know, just things that aren't typically seen in most fish stores. But they'll try it because it's seasonal and it's local. Exactly. So it's a little bit of an education at the same time. Yeah. We really, really try and push like what is coming into season, what's local. 
Well, thanks, Joan. Thanks, Joan. Thank you. Good luck to you the rest of the season. We'll definitely be back. Thanks for your time. And thank you all for listening. This was an awesome two-part series. Thanks to Sixth Generation Farmer Dave Bartlett and Chef Neil Hudson from Bartlett's Farm. We were able to get a full tour of their tomato greenhouses, their strawberry fields, and the market. And we wish you all a very safe and happy Labor Day weekend. The season is slowly coming to a close, so we hope you've been enjoying the show. And we look forward to next season on Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. And I would like to most sincerely thank our sponsor, the Nantucket Culinary Center. One landmark building, three innovative floors, and a community-minded place to cook, dine, and gather.